Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Blog Talk Radio listeners. I'm Evangelist Wanda Clay, sharing God's sacred word Bible study with you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you do. And though our best isn't good enough, we come asking for forgiveness. You are like none other, Lord, higher than the highest. So I ask that you fix that, because you already know our need. Fix them, Lord, and move in me, Lord, to help others understand your word on this talk show. I pray that you continue its growth and bless Block Talk Radio financially and spiritually. Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what you want us to know. And I pray for those who seek you to find you, Heavenly Father. Bless and watch over them in Jesus' name. Let them, everyone, everywhere learn to depend on you. And those who have found you, strengthen us, Lord. Lead and guide us, not into temptation, but help us to just walk away. Bless those, Lord, who are struggling and those not struggling, because we need a blessing from you today, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help us to love and pray for ourselves, God in me. And I pray for everyone's understanding of his word. And as always, I thank Minister Floyd Lewis and Grammy's Place for giving me this opportunity. I'm here three Fridays a month, 8 to 8.30 a.m. Plus, on Facebook, at Keep God First, first is written 1-S-T. You're welcome to join our group 24 hours. Uh, we have questions, answers, comments, recipes, and much more. Now, due to time on Blog Talk Radio, I'll give you the outlines of each chapter and comment on some verses. Now, let's get into our lesson. Our lesson is in the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. The outline for Colossians is as follows. In the first part of the chapter, the apostle salutes the Colossians and blesses God for their faithful knowledge, verses 9 through 14. The third part of the chapter, he gives a glorious view of Christ in verses 15 through 23. And in the fourth and last part of the chapter, he gives his own character as the apostle of the Gentiles in verses 24 through 29. Now, this apostle that arose among the Colossians, probably from false teachers, which they sent to the apostles, and the purpose of this epistle is to show that all hope of man's redemption is founded on Christ's complete fullness, perfections, and sufficiency. So here, Paul cautions them 
against the Judaizing teachers and also against the notion of kernel wisdom, human inventions, and traditions that's not consistent or reliance on Christ. In the first two chapters, the apostle tells them what they must believe, and in the last two, what they may do, the doctrine of faith, and the precepts of life for salvation. In verses 1 through 8, Paul tells the Colossians that faith, hope, and love are the three principal grace in life, and they should be used in prayer and thanksgiving, and that all true Christians are brethren one to another, and that faithfulness runs through every character and relation in Christian lives. And he wrote to them, and he says that the more we fix our hope on the reward in the other world, the more free we will be doing we will be doing good with our earthly treasure, and no enemy could deprive them of it, and that the gospel is the word of truth, and that we may safely venture our souls upon it. All who hear the word of the gospel ought to bring forth the fruit of the gospel, obey it, and have the principles and lives formed according to it. And he tells them that worldly love comes either from fears of interest, likeness in manners, carnal love, and the appetite for pleasure. To these, something corrupt, selfish, and base always comes forth. But Christian love arises from the Holy Spirit and is full of holiness. In verses 9 through 14, Paul flips the script, and he writes that the apostle was in constant prayer, that the believers might be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom. And he told them that good words will not do without good works, that he who gives strength to his people, glorious power, and that the blessed Spirit is the author of this. And he writes that in praying for spiritual strength, we shouldn't be restricted or confined in promises, and we should not be so in our hopes and desires because the grace of God in the hearts of believers is the power of God, and there is glory in his power. And he writes to them that the special use of this strength was for suffering because there's work to be done even when we suffer. The Bible says, amidst all they try, our Lord Jesus, whose special grace allowed them to partake in the inheritance of the saints, being made willing subjects of Christ who were once slaves of Satan, and we should deem it a favor to be delivered from Satan's kingdom and brought into that of Christ knowing that all trials will soon end and every believer will be found among those who come out of great tribulation. Paul told them, all who are designed for heaven hereafter 
are prepared for heaven now while on earth. And those who have the inheritance of sons, vision of sons, that by faith in Christ, they enjoy this redemption as the purchase of his atoning blood, giving forgiveness of sin, and all other spiritual blessings were restored. One component that was threatening the Colossian church was the denial of the dignity of Christ. Written in the King James Version of the MacArthur Study Bible, it defends the character that he is one of the great tenders of Scripture. That is the claim that Jesus Christ is completely sufficient for all matters of life and godliness. Second Peter 1, 3, and 4. And he is sufficient for creation. Colossians 1, 16, and 17. And that he is our salvation. Hebrews 10, patience. Ephesians 5, 26 and 27, and glorification, Romans 8 and 30. And it says that so pure is he that there is no blemish, stain, spot of sin, defilement, lying, deception, corruption, error, or imperfection. Peter 1. 18, 18 through 20. And it says, so complete is he that there is no other God besides him. Isaiah 45 and 5. And he's the only begotten son. John 1, 14 and 18. All of the Godhead dwells in him. He is heir of all things. He created all things and all things by him, through him, and for him. That he upholds all things by the word of power, by the word of his power. He is the first fun of all creation. He is the exact representation of God. He is the only mediator between God and man. He is the son that enlightens the physician that heals. He is the wall of fire that defends, the friend that comforts, the pearl that enriches. My Lord, my Lord. He is the art that supports and the rock to sustain under the heaviest oppression. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty on high. He is better than the angels, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and better than all prophets. He's greater than Satan, Luke 4, 1 through 12, and he's stronger than death. He has no beginning and no end, Revelation 1, 17 and 18. And it says that he's the spotless lamb of God. He's our peace. He is our hope. He is our life. He is the living and true way. He is the Lord of Israel. He is the root and offspring of David, the bright and morning star. He's faithful and true. 
He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the king of our salvation. He is the champion. He is the elect one, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He is the righteous servant. He is the Lord of hosts, the redeemer, the holy one of Israel, the Lord of the whole world and the earth. He is the man of sorrow. He is the light. He is the son of man. He is the vine, the bread of life. He is the door. He's Lord. He's a prophet, a priest, and a king. He's our seventh rest. He is our righteousness. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God and everlasting father, the prince of peace. He is the chief shepherd. He is the Lord God of hosts. He is the Lord of the nations, the Lion of Judah. He is the living word, the rock of salvation, the eternal spirit. He is the ancient of days, creator and comforter, Messiah. And he is the I am in John 8 and 58. Then we go to verses 15 through 23. So here Paul flips the script again, and he writes to them defending Christ in his human nature as the visible discovery of the invisible God. And he that had seen him had seen the Father. Paul wrote, let us adore these mysteries and humble faith and behold the glory of the Lord in Jesus Christ who was born or begotten before any creation was made, which is scripture way of uh, representing eternity and by which and by which the eternity of God is represented to us. All things being created by him were created for him, being made by his power. They were made according to his pleasure and for his praise and glory. He not only created them all at first, but it is the word of his power that they are upheld. Christ is meditator, is the head of the body of the church. All grace and strength are from him, and the body of the church is his body. All fullness dwells in him, the fullness of marriage and righteousness of strength and grace for us. God showed his justice, and he wrote to them that redeeming mankind by the death of Christ was the method of being reconciled, and he pleased God to reconcile fallen man to himself. It convinced that we were enemies in our minds by wicked works, and that we are now reconciled to God by the sacrifice and death of Christ in our nature, we should not attempt to explain or think fully to comprehend these mysteries, but we shall see the glory of this plan of redemption and rejoice in the hope set before us. And he asked them, what shall we do now for God? And he answered and said, be frequent in prayer and abound in holy duty and live no more to yourselves but to Christ 
who died for us. And he asked them, so should we still live in sin? And the answer is no. But we should die to sin and live not to ourselves, but to him. 29. Here Paul flips the script again, ending his epistle, and he writes that both the suffering of the head and of the members are called the sufferings of Christ, and they make up one body of suffering. Christ suffered for the redemption of the church. We suffer on other accounts, for we slightly taste that cup of affliction of which Christ first drank. And Paul ends his epistle by writing, to remain of the suffering of Christ when he takes up his cross after the pattern of Christ. And he bears patiently the afflictions that God allotted to him. And Paul said, let us be thankful that God has made known to us mysteries hidden from ages and generations and has shown the riches of his glory among us. As Christ has preached among us, let us seriously inquire whether he dwells, whether he dwells and reigns in us, for this alone can assure the hope of his glory. We must be faithful to death through all trials that we may receive the crown of life and obtain the end of our faith and the salvation of our souls. This ends our Bible study. I pray God's word has shed some light on things for you. I'll see you next time, right here, the same time. And don't forget to visit us on Facebook at Peace Keep God First. And don't forget to check in with God from time to time. 24 hours is free. May God bless you and keep you until we meet again. Bye.